Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with me on with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. First Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. There was a certain man of Ramathaim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jerohoam, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penaniah. Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah was sacrificed, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife Penaniah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival used to provoke her severely, to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Her her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made this vow, O Lord of hosts, If only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition you have made to him. And he said, And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. 
Then the woman went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship at an earthly sanctuary. For a tent was constructed, the first one, in which were the lampstand, the table, and the bread of the presence. This is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a tent called the Holy of Holies. In it stood the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's rod that had budded and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot speak now in detail. Such preparations having been made, the priests go continually into the first tent to carry out their ritual duties. But only the high priest goes into the second, and he but once a year, and not without taking the blood that he offers for himself and for the sins committed unintentionally by the people. By this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the sanctuary has not yet been disclosed as long as the first tent is still standing. This is a symbol of the present time, during which gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various baptisms regulations for the body imposed until the time comes to set things right. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls, with the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer, sanctifies those who have been defiled so that their flesh is purified, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through our eternal spirit, through the eternal spirit, offer himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God? Good morning and welcome to the fourth Monday of Advent, the final Monday of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from North Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, This morning's readings come to us from the Gospel of Luke, 1 Samuel 1 and Hebrews 9. Uh, I apologize for not having an episode ready on Friday. As you can tell by our change of location, we are getting ready to make the all-day trip from Maryland to Maine again. Um, So uh, I I meant to update, but I I just didn't. It was a crazy morning. Um, And this morning you'll notice we don't have a reading from the Psalms. Instead, we have the Magnificat, which is um, the the song of Mary after hearing that she would give birth to the Messiah. Magnificat um, it means magnifies. It's called an incipit. An incipit is um, when you take the first one or two Latin words of a of a, a song, uh, a, a psalm, a canticle. Uh, you know, a section of scripture, you take the first couple of Latin words and that becomes its title. And that's what they do uh, in uh, the Roman Catholic Church when um, the Pope sends out an encyclical or other, you know, document. Uh, it usually carries an incipit, uh, which is, it just takes the first couple of words that they begin with and that becomes the title. And so the Magnificat takes on this, uh, magnifies the Lord. Um and Mary um, is 
it makes me actually think of Jesus in the garden. Um, Mary says, Let, you know, may be with me according to your will. That's almost exactly what Jesus says as he's praying that the cup of suffering might be taken from him. He says, not my will, but yours be done. Um, and this lowliness and humbleness of heart uh, plays pretty po- prominently, but so does this uh, rejoicing that God has brought down the haughty and proud and arrogant. Um, and that's um, this and other places are where I think like, um, so, you know, the kind of salty language and outlook of soldiers and veterans is is actually, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's, it's quite, it's just fine um, to be a little bit, you know, kind of punchy in your humility. Um, so Mary is, you know, admitting that she's, you know, just a lowly servant, um, but she's also rejoicing quite openly that um, people who are douchebags are going to get theirs. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, I don't necessarily think it comes out of a place of hatred. It's just like, I'm tired of this, and finally things are going to be made right. I've been thinking about Advent and, and how it used to be Martintide, uh, the the fast or the uh, Lent of St. Martin from November, well, the day after St. Martin's Day, November 12th, 12th through December 24th. It used to be a time of fasting, uh, just and it was a, a Lent for a couple of generations or centuries. Um, and now, and we, we have a Lent, like we have a time in the spring, um, that leads up to Easter and that's a really important season that is, you know, the Lent. Um, and I kind of like how Advent has a slightly different flavor to it. It's not necessarily, um, penitent, um, but it is, it's about this weariness, uh, this just kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired um, with how the way the world decides to work. Um, it's about um, rejoicing at the fact that our weariness is finite, that it will come to an end. And we we know, or it's symbolized uh, in Christ coming on on Christmas on the 25th. But we also look forward to this um, you know future time, this next coming, um, second advent where um, things will be made right once again. Um, <clears throat> at least that's what we hope for. And that's what we believe in. Um, with Mary and Jesus at Gethsemane, um, whatever it is that it is, whatever God's will is, um, we we hope that we are instruments of God's will and that God will finally um, bring down the the mighty and proud um because you know there's a you know that we we believe we live in a world of finite resources um and if some have a whole lot that means other people have not as much because some people have a whole lot um and so we we look forward um with anticipation in our weariness and our frustration um and the um, the hope that we have in Christ is not just um, you know pie in the sky kind of stuff, but that something will happen in, here in our world um, that will make things right. Um, and that, yeah, sure, you know maybe we'll have you know at some point as well there'll be the New Jerusalem and city or streets of gold 
you know, never have uh, night because the Lord will illuminate the whole city. Um, but before that, something will happen in which our world will be visited again once more um, by Christ and made and made right. Um, that the the high and lofty will be brought down, so that the lowly and meek can be brought up. Um, and the the frankness with which Mary and um, Jesus kind of addresses um, you know, that imbalance, I think, is refreshing. Um, yeah, curse words aren't great, and I'm pretty sure our kids are going to know all of them by the time they're five. Um, but you know, there's there's certainly worse things that you can do than to drop an f bomb. Um, there's this um, saying, whether it's Tony Campolo or Derek Webb, um, that um, you know you're more concerned that I said shit than that you know tens of thousands of children will go to bed hungry. You know, that's it. Really, is not the worst thing that can happen that somebody curses, and God forbid that you're that we are offended at somebody cursing that we you know make them feel bad for it, but we don't feel bad or embarrassed that we are we're party to injustice and we forget that. Um, just injustice is right there inside us, and it's better, more efficient. You know, we have more control over changing ourselves than we have changing others. Um, whether that's you know recycling or reducing our footprint or um, not hoarding, um, giving away you know, our excess wealth, um, there are ways that we can go about bringing that rightness to earth by by um, by resetting the scales when we have more than we need then we can give away and if we are in need then we can ask and rely on our brothers and sisters in Christ uh, to provide um, and so the rest of this week um, the I don't think there will be a psalm the rest of this week um, I will not be um, I won't be broadcasting on Christmas it's a it's a high holiday I think I will Christmas Eve. Um, but again, I apologize for missing Friday. I really do try and get an update when that happens, but now that I'm on transistor instead of anchor, it just, it's, it's more of a chore. I have to, you know, more set up and, um, execution than anchor, but, uh, I'll try and be better about getting them done, um, on time and getting them out there. But thank you for your listenership. Uh, have, uh, happy holidays You'll continue to hear from me through the rest of this week with the exception of the 25th. Um, But enjoy uh, what we've got uh, and take heart in the fact that the weary world um, will soon rejoice, that our weariness um, will not go on forever, that there is coming a time where things will be made right and the great burden that we bear will uh, will be made light and will be lifted from our shoulders. A prayer for the poor and neglected from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful God, we remember before you all poor and neglected persons whom it would be easy for us to forget. The homeless and the destitute, the old and the sick, and all who have none to care for them. Help us to heal those who are broken in body or spirit and to turn their sorrow into joy. Grant this, Father, for the love of your Son, who for our sake became poor, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.